Hey, everybody. I hope you've had a great week so far. Can you believe it's already almost Thanksgiving? Ugh. Well, anyway, the semester's gone by really fast, and for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to take a little break from recording. So that means we'll be featuring some fun rebroadcast episodes of the show. This week, we'll revisit our episode with James Stafford, the Director of Marketing and Public Relations at the University of Mary Hardin-Baylor in Texas. I hope you have a great week, and I'll see you soon. I'm Jackie Vitrano from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. And I'm Logan Bishop from Belmont University. You're listening to Higher Ed Social, part of the Connect EDU network. I feel like I've snuck into the cool kids table, and I'm just going to do my level best to, to not let on as much as, as possible. Um, I do that every true. episode. I was going to say, if Logan's on the show, then you're automatically, like, you're fine. <laughs> we just fly by the seat of our pants here at Higher Ed Social. It's been four years, and we still don't have a script ever. So it's, yeah. it is yeah, we possible. Do. The end script? script? Oh, we, well, that doesn't count. <laughs> Like last episode, I couldn't even read it straight, straight from my phone. Was that the Golden Nuggets episode? That was the yes. Golden Nugget episode. Yep. I loved it. That was my favorite. Talk about, I think I said this in an email. I felt like I, you know, I, that I was snuck into a party of, of people who were, who, you know, I shouldn't have been allowed there. It was great. Well, that was actually the whole idea of the show is to have that feeling. So <laughs> at least yes. one of them has that. We're doing yes. something right. <laughs> For sure. Well, we're so, so excited to have you. Um, I know that Logan probably already hit record on oh, the, the show, um, which is his his habit of surprising our guests and just hitting record. Um, so surprise, you're here. Um, welcome to the Cool Kids Table. As, as you dubbed it, I just want listeners to know that I did not say that we're the Cool Kids Table. That was a compliment received. And yeah. also so keep should... in mind that the table last week was literally in the basement of a pub next to <laughs> a bunch of vats that were making beer um, with really actually good, like, 80s music to go with it. <laughs> so There's a lot of good 80s music. There is a lot of good 80s music. <laughs> But there's also a lot of bad 80s music as well. That's fair. I there's guess. just a lot in the 80s. <laughs> Are you born yet? Um, in any case, we should definitely no. <laughs> now start by asking you to uh, introduce yourself for sure. Sure. Um, well, I'm James Stafford. I'm the Director of Marketing and Public Relations at the University of Mary Hardin Baylor in Belton, Texas. Um, I've been here about seven years and. Uh, I, I, I sort of never planned to be where I am now, but I have just fallen in love with my school and, and uh, you know, this, this, this industry, and I'm so grateful to have sort of stumbled into it. So Now I want to hear the story. How did you stumble into it? Oh, it, it's, it's a very similar story <laughs> to everyone I meet at a conference. I, I uh, well, I, I started life, I guess, as a, uh, a film major and uh, didn't discover until long after graduation that I was secretly a, a data nerd. And, yes. uh, you know, I, uh, I, uh, my first job out of school was in uh, media. I worked at a, a television station and, and uh, uh, for a while as a photographer. And then um, 
my news director at the time, thankfully, had a lapse in judgment and let me uh, take a shot at being the promotions director, sort of doing the marketing for the, for the TV station, and uh, um, it's sort of have gone from from there to you know a few steps later, and I, I find myself uh, at the university, and uh, and I just. The, the first time I stepped on on onto a campus and realized, well, I could go to college every day, and and not have homework. That you know, it's it's been it's been kind of a joy ever since. So that's, that's so great. great. I love that. I'm also <laughs> a data nerd, so I support it. I am as yeah. well. That, that's and that's I really enjoyed. Yeah. It's really interesting <laughs> how you ended up there, though. Mm -hmm. um, well, and it, it's one of those things that every job I've I've had since I worked at the TV station, I sort of thought uh, I'm never going to do video again. And every job I've had since the TV station, I I think a major part of why I got the job was because I could do video. So <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things. But uh, no, I I uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's great. And yes, discovering that you know as much as I wanted to be the creative uh, film guy in school, that I have a deep and passionate love affair uh, love affair with excel spreadsheets it's you know <laughs> I, I never would have guessed it i think you're the only one to describe it like that though well yes <laughs> i can't say i love excel oh, i was in a big fight okay. with it last week <laughs> oh i i uh it's an unhealthy uh, love affair that i have with it my uh my my friends and family will tell you that for any question in life, I'm the guy who says, well, we could we could build a spreadsheet to help us sort this out. So. That's the whole point of spreadsheets is for sorting. Yeah, absolutely. Everything from how we divide up family time at Christmas to uh, which movies I need to see before the Oscars. So I'll have the best idea of what should win. Yeah. See, I've I made <laughs> just I've made some pretty amazing spreadsheets in in my day. So the, if I, I'm not bragging, you say that I'm just saying, yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. When you have a whole worksheet dedicated to formulas that generate mm -hmm. stuff in other worksheets, that's that's just amazing, and it makes it makes me happy every time I do it. It it really, because it's I like magic. Like people don't how understand how it works. You say that. <laughs> <laughs> I completely disagree. <laughs> well, you know. there's something very satisfying about a formula that like autofills 18 different cells on your spreadsheet, like. <laughs> It is. Yes. I mean, there is something about that that just fills you with a euphoria inside that just can't be matched by anything else. <laughs> I mean, it can be matched. It's just a different kind of euphoria, right? <laughs> so true. Um, and uh, and it, uh, we, we right now, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting. We, we've done a, a big survey of our, of our current freshman class. And uh, I'm fortunately not having to enter each survey, but I am so excited to get my hands on all those responses and, and to sort of try and unlock whatever stories those numbers have to tell, you know, so I'm mm -hmm. excited. Um, speaking of data, Logan, I'm interested if you can go into like whatever Apple's giving you and see what our drop off rate at this exact moment is. Cause I feel like we've lost <laughs> oh, so, so many people cause they're like, Oh math. And this is what I hate. So I work, I'm a digital marketer, but I get to do data stuff too. And I'm like the numbers person and everyone is like, Oh, you just do numbers and math and I don't want to hear from you. And I was asked to present to my entire monthly staff meeting about numbers and graphs and charts. And I was like, nobody's going to listen to me because everybody just says like, Oh, math numbers, I'm out. And I'm like, no, but they're really cool. Like watch what I can do with this cool chart and look what it's telling us. It's so cool. Oh yeah. I, I I did warn you that I didn't belong at the at the cool kids table. I did. Well, listen, I'm sitting at whatever table you're sitting at then, then because 
I'm all in for data. Well, I just <laughs> what I love is how um, you know with 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 the right kind of data and the right lens, uh, we can really slay some you know commonly held thoughts about um, our brand or or about what our messaging should be. Um, we can really find find out you know what what the truth is and not just you know get beyond the anecdotes that sort of uh, um, rule us sometimes. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> well, you know, we all see. That's the thing about data is, you know, we all see different things when we look at it. Sometimes, um, and I know that's an odd thing to say, but it's true you can spin numbers any way you want um oh, yeah. but man i say i feel horrible saying that but i've just it's just something i've learned over the years you know sure um, but it, it's not necessarily a bad thing um mm -hmm. sometimes it's a good thing but uh sometimes it's not a good thing <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah what's the what's the uh the mark twain quote about lies and statistics yeah yeah <laughs> that is a good that, I, I feel like i know that one uh, I think there's uh, three kinds of lies: lies, damn lies, and statistics. So that will be the title of this episode now. Oh, heaven help me! Um, yeah. <laughs> there are lies, damn lies, and statistics. Either that, uh, or yeah. something about spreadsheets. Right. <laughs> something about spreadsheets. I was actually in a big fight with Excel the other day. So when you were like, "I love Excel," I was like, "No, <laughs> we're not." Well, you should have shook your right finger now. at it and said, "You know what? Google Sheets is just <laughs> one URL away." <laughs> Do you ever have this moment though, where I'll I'll be in another meeting or even uh, you know eating dinner with my family, and I'll suddenly realize what small alteration I could make to an equation or a formula <laughs> that like that would solve it all. Well, my my big problem is I want to do a very particular thing, and but I don't know the Google search terms to accurately find the thing I want to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's like I have a number and I want it to do that, but also not do this. <laughs> that is definitely a thing. It is challenging. So, are you mostly data and numbers then at work, or are you? What are your, all of your responsibilities? Oh uh, well, I, I I wear a lot of different hats. Um, I do all of our uh, press releases and, and media pitches and media relations. Um, I'm I'm often uh, uh, closely involved with any kind of video work we're doing. Um, Right now, I'm I'm updating our virtual tour, and uh, next weekend, I'm in, responsible for organizing our military appreciation uh, football game. So, uh, lots of hats, and I, I enjoy them all, especially when they 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 they're not all coming down on me at once. So, <laughs> ain't that the truth? Mm -hmm. Yes, I definitely feel that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to ask what's on your plate now that we're we're like half over halfway into the semester now, which is crazy. Crazy. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so the, the 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 two biggest projects I'm currently working on are, are military appreciation next weekend. We have a um, we're we're about a 30 40 minute drive from uh, Fort Hood, which I think is the largest military base in the country. Um, and so we try as much as we can to to build partnerships and strong relationships. Um, on, on the base, and, and this is one of the ways we do it, is we host uh, um, a football game where soldiers and their entire family get in and get free hot dogs and drinks, and then we try and feature them as, oh. uh, in different ways throughout the game. So just, just mm -hmm. a way to sort of 
strengthen those relationships. And uh, so that, that's that's on one end of the spectrum. And on the other, I'm trying to make sure we have the most attractive pictures of of uh, every part of our campus for our virtual tour. So kind of running the gambit. Are you the one <laughs> taking the photos? <laughs> uh, sometimes. I, I, we, we have... Thankfully, we we are blessed with some great photographers around campus, um, but we're increasingly trying to trying to utilize 360 degree photos, and and I am usually the the one setting up that tripod and then running to get mm. out of the shot. So. <laughs> That's always fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you... I I oh, don't man. enjoy. I I've sat under a tripod before, waiting for <laughs> something to scan. I have not tried that yet. You've just given me a great idea. I'm well, a very embarrassing <laughs> image for people walking by. That 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 may be a lot better than running and hiding behind columns, which has well, been see, my the thing is, is that oh, that's funny and also strategic. I like it. <laughs> well, when I've done my 360s, at least the last ones that I did, we did them from the tops of our buildings on the green roofs. Ah. So there's literally nowhere to hide. So the only place I could hide was like literally under the camera, which was under the tripod. So I'd bring a little, um, I'd, I'd, um, the Pelican case that, that I have my camera that does the, the 360, I just sit on it under the (laughs) camera. So just imagine that, just imagine that. Does anyone take a picture of you doing that? Cause I want it. No, because then I'd be in the shots. So, you know, Mm. that's amazing though. Does the 360 camera. It's you have the one that has kind of like the two lenses, like one on one side, one on the other, or yes, does it rotate? Yeah, no, we um, have the one that's sort of like two GoPros just attached to one another. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. Then there's nowhere to hide. I was gonna like the mental image of it like going in a circle and taking that shot, and you like being exactly behind it the whole time, like running in a circle, is pretty funny. Like I was dodging a raptor in Jurassic yes. World. Yeah. Mine's Absolutely. a DJI Osmo, so it does like spin around. So. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Does it go really fast? Yes, faster than you can. And and it's very unpredictable in what it decides to take a picture of. So I think you should try it just once <laughs> to outrun <laughs> it. Yeah, but it takes a while for it to take the picture. So interesting. I don't really want to have to do that because it takes about two or three minutes for it to take the photo um, because it takes 27 separate photos. So, oh, wow. um, yeah. I, I really don't want to have to redo it because it's a pain in the ass to have to do it again. Mm-hmm. Sure. We, we're using it. To, I think it's a Ricoh Theta. And uh, so we set it up. But what I'm actually doing, I said photography, but we shoot a video. We try and shoot a two-minute straight video so that theoretically someone taking the tour can kind of look around and experience the environment. But it does mean that I have to run and hide behind a column like a, like a Looney Tune character and then wait for two minutes hoping it doesn't fall over or get stolen while I'm not looking. So oh my God. It's, it's entertaining. That is awkward. I think it'd be funny if are, do any of your shots involve just like crowds of people? Mm-hmm. Like if it's like, where's Waldo? But it's like, where's James? Like you're that in every single shot. That was me yesterday at our homecoming game. If you, if you end up looking at our map in a few days at the stadium, I, I will be in shots, just I'm behind three or four people. So then I had that, that <laughs> yesterday. That is incredible. We'll have to grab some of these photos from you then. Oh. I'll, I'll send them your way. I'm not, I'm not sure how good they'll be yet. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, the going joke at Belmont is that I make a cameo in almost every Belmont video and you just have to look and see. You're the Alfred Hitchcock of Belmont. Yeah. Well, it's because, you know, I'm usually shooting something or we didn't have enough students for this one B-roll shot or something like that. 
So you pose as a student? Oh, at least my back, I look pretty much like a student, so. <laughs> Can't see the gray hairs at that point. I think I'm in several of our drone shots, just by virtue of, we, oh, you know, too. it's far enough out that, you know, if you don't know where I'm in, I am, you wouldn't be able to spot me. But Right. I don't think, no, the only, like, cameo I've ever made was, like, straight-up cameo uh, when I got to be a mascot, and then we made some gifs and i was on a 404 page for a really long time but other than that like a like a big furry mascot yeah i got in the costume it was great Tremendous. it was pretty good it was pretty good um so that's the only time i've done it but i've never been i don't think i've ever posed as a student no there was no not even that time nope i guess i'll have to put that on my higher ed bucket list there you go <laughs> as a student um so you said you had homecoming Mm -hmm. this weekend how was that what does that look like because i didn't go to a school that really had a homecoming we technically did but we didn't have football so i feel like homecoming doesn't exist without football uh yeah well and, and i went to a, a big school that had homecoming but sort of i didn't experience it as as homecoming whereas at umhb they it's a it's a major event or several major events i should say all around campus um and uh yeah, I, I took my whole family out. We we went to the football game, and it's uh, it was great. Just a lot of energy. It's wonderful to see you know people who haven't seen each other in years, you know, reconnecting all around you and the, yeah. the, the conversations. Oh, it's great. It's it's just another level of the the great energy that makes working on a college campus um, so fun. Super fun. I hope our homecoming becomes like that. We've been doing more and more events and inviting more and more people earlier over the last like two years. Um, but I feel like we're really starting to build a tradition around it. What's weird for us though, is that we don't have football. So our mm -hmm. homecoming is in the spring semester when it's cold. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's different, but it's, it's, it's gotten better. I'd say. That's interesting. You do it not in the fall. <laughs> I mean, if we do it in the fall, then it would be like soccer, which isn't really what Belmont's known for. We're known for basketball, so mm. basketball is kind of the bigger thing. Interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. We definitely we have a thriving uh, uh, football team, so that is that is a big part of, of, of uh, the celebration. But now our alumni department has created several events, um, and they they I think they've been really strategic about targeting different generations and different uh, years of graduates. Um, so it seems to really draw a, a really um, mixed and, and, and diverse crowd. It's, uh, it's mm -hmm. pretty neat to see. Um, my role with it uh, was really just um, capturing video and, and some photos uh, and, uh, and then eating the food at the football stadium. I took that part very seriously. Yes, yeah. that is a very important part mm -hmm. of your role. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was it's going to ask, like, what is your, because I, you know, being... When I was in central communications in a school that did have homecoming, I didn't have too much of a role because that was more like alumni relations and our event planning and then obviously athletics. So I was curious your role and like what your team is responsible for on that day. On the day, uh, really all I was doing this year was um, capturing some video hmm. and, uh, and those and those 360 um, shots. You know, it, it's we have a pretty large stadium and uh, so there aren't, 
uh, that many games during the year that we're going to get it uh, close to, to filled up and, and, and full of people and, you know, uh, spirited shirts and things. So homecoming is a great opportunity to uh, to show it off to, to, to the fullest. Mm-hmm. Right. So what cameras do you use? I mean, beyond the one that you uh, you mentioned, the uh, the 360 camera. Well, th- this week I was just using um... – I'm making noise because I'm pulling it out right now to look at it. Uh, <laughs> we don't have a dedicated video camera in, in my office, so I'll, I borrow them from our AV team. So mm-hmm. I just had a, a just a Canon, um, it's a XA10, just a little prosumer um, model. Oh yeah, I, um, I I have one of those. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, um, it's a it's a sturdy little camera. <laughs> it does it does what it needs it does exactly what it's designed to do mm-hmm. um we use it uh or at least we used to uh use it a lot for interviews and such um we ended up getting a dslr to replace it mm-hmm. because it was already like three or four years old and was you know starting to be a little buggy uh mm-hmm. so uh we we ended up um getting a panasonic uh lumix gh4 Ooh. And uh, it's it's nice. It's a nice camera. It's still, it's not the top of the line anymore, but, mm-hmm. you know, for the price for what you get, it's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. But I really wanted something that does 4K. That was the big thing for me, um, especially with interviews, because then you can, uh, you can uh, do jump cuts where you mm-hmm. crop in and zoom in. So it looks like you're using a two camera setup when really you're not. So it's pretty neat. Yeah, I, I I don't mind this camera because it's got the XLR input, so it's still it's mm-hmm. it's not bad for an interview. But I agree, I do, uh, I I do hope someday we'll have a 4K because uh, a lot of the video we we use for our homepage video and things like that, we really like for it to have that higher resolution. But uh, but for yeah, what we, we were doing this weekend, it was perfect. Oh no, that's perfect for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it like I said, it's a great little camera. It's a great mm-hmm. little camera. I like that you called it sturdy. That sounds like someone who's dropped a camera. Yes, I've got this. <laughs> and it has it has night vision, which is something I never used. But um, there's a thing. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I saw that button. They put it really prominently. They're proud of that 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 uh, infrared. But I I was trying to think of why I would ever use it. And yeah, I, let's I not move. let's not talk about why how people use the XA10's night vision mode, and <laughs> talk about something else. <laughs> <laughs> this is all going so far over my head. I've never heard of any of these cameras. Oh, no. I've taken you down another uh, potentially boring number-filled road. It's okay. I just – I mean, there were a lot of numbers there, and they weren't even, like, math numbers. They were just like, I've never heard of these oh, cameras just, in my lifetime. Just I support it, though. <laughs> I support you. I support passions. That's why we have higher ed social. I support passions. So is film and photography kind of your passion? Uh, film, definitely. I, I grew up – uh, with two parents who are both sort of cinemaphiles and, and, uh, I was raised on Westerns and, and Alfred Hitchcock movies. And, uh, yeah, I still, I still love it. Um, I go to a, a marathon every year of, uh, all the best picture nominees. We watch them in a one hour stretch, um, wow. which to some people sounds great. And to other people, it sounds like torture. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, no, I, I, I've always loved film and, and, uh, I do enjoy, um, when we get to do a, a, a a big polished video project where I'm not necessarily behind the camera, but I'm trying to help, um, 
you know, guide, guide the project through to something that's uh, maybe a little schnazzier than, than we could do with our, with our prosumer camera. That's really cool. Um, I, I'm trying to think if it sounds great or awful to watch all those movies in 24 hours. And I think I'm on the great train. You should come down to Dallas and do it with us. Then. I would love to come to Dallas. <laughs> I consider that a true invitation. I will be at your door within a week. I will be yeah. there. <laughs> We've had so many guests that are like, come on over. And I like have not taken them up on it. So mm-hmm. I support that. Hmm. That's interesting. Are you researching cameras, Logan? I can hear it in your, hmm. <laughs> Oh, it will be. I, I'm not looking at cameras, um, but it. I do want to look at some lenses, some new lenses and stuff pretty soon. Um, I do, uh, like you, I do oh, just about every video project that Belmont does, I have some connection to or do it mm-hmm. or am doing it. So um, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting to be that person on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're responsible for, you know, everything else. Um, right. So, you know, on my side of things, I'm responsible for, um, social media and video and the website. So all of that stuff falls under me. So it's always interesting. It's always fun. Um, never a boring day at Belmont. Sure. Well, and it's one of those things that, um, you know, we, we, we watch great videos from, from other institutions and, you know, sometimes you get so inspired and then, uh, trying, trying to find how to translate, um, some of those powerful messages and images onto a, a much, much lower budget is, uh, it's a challenge, <laughs> but every now it and is. then you get it right. And it just, it, it, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty wonderful feeling. One of the interesting things that I see now um, just from doing video work and, and film work, um, it, I, you never watch a video, you never watch a video or a movie or a TV show the same way because in your brain, you're like, how did they shoot that? How did uh-huh. they get that angle? How did they make that camera movement? Did they use a dolly? Did they use a stabilizer? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that is, it, it actually takes all the fun out of it sometimes. Um, but it's 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 interesting because you know every time I see something and I'm just like, how do they do that? It it just you know, it excites mm-hmm. it excites me. Oh yeah, and and when you see someone who's doing it at a really high level, and then just it, it, the the challenge of trying to approach it, you know, with with less resources. We we've started increasingly using drone footage, um, and trying and and trying to get footage that's going to live up to the vision you have in your head is sometimes so challenging as far as, you know, less, less movement, slower, stiller, you know, pushing it that way, as opposed to, um, the way maybe a real estate firm is going to use the, the same videographer, you know, trying, trying right. to, uh, get them to jump over. It's a, it's a challenge, but, but when you see that shot or when you get to share a video with, with someone on campus and they go, Ooh, oh, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, you know, you've got something. Mm-hmm. Well, the lucky thing for me, I have this team of guys. I think they're um, they're out of Atlanta. Their name is Yonder Blue Films. They do our drone footage, mm-hmm. and they are like cinematographers. So they just do an amazing job of getting me the shot that I want. Uh, but they do just an amazing job. We just uh, shot our drone footage like last week, or week before last. Um, 
and I haven't been able to go through all of it, but, uh, you know, the, the highlighty things that I definitely need, um, definitely look amazing. And I'm really excited to see, I did a lot of, uh, we shot with a DJI Inspire and, uh, I did some 1080, uh, at 60 frames per second, um, which we've never done drone footage at 60 frames per second before. Um, and some of it, it just looks really amazing. Um, so will you speed you, that up and to, when you edit it, so it'll be a little stiller or what was the, what was the logic so behind 60 frames? When you, when you shoot at 60 frames per second, you can, um, slow the speed. So if you're shooting, if you're, if your video is at 24 frames per second, um, you can actually slow it by like to like 30% speed. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. Actually, it's more like 40%, but, um, you can, you can get slow motion out of that, if that makes sense. But with the drone, are you, are you using that slow? Cause, cause it, will the shot end up being more, more of a stable movement with, when you go to that slow speed or? Well, it's more, um, it's more the people when it's pointing down at people, they uh-huh. look like when they're walking, it's just, it, it's just in slow motion. So it, it just, if, have you ever, do you have an Apple TV? I don't know. Maybe nobody does. If anyone has, has an Apple TV, especially one of the new generation ones, um, a lot of the screensavers are 60 frame per second drone footage that has been slowed down. Um, mm. And it just looks amazing. Like when you're flying over um, Santa Monica Pier, and you see the waves slowly crashing and you see the, the roller coasters just moving in slow motion on the tracks. It's just epic. Um, it just anything, um, shooting anything in 60 frames per second and then slowing it down just makes it look 10 times more epic. That's Logan's video like thing of the day. So like if you have somebody and they're like digging a hole, right? You slow it down. Uh, you shoot it at sixty frames per second, and you slow it down. They're digging in the in the ground. Just looks really cool. Um, mm. It just adds that extra element of just awesomeness. I learned it from my student worker. So, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's my golden nugget so far. I'm uh, next time I have my drone guys out, I'm gonna say, hey, let's let's slow now, it down. Let me tell you though. The, the problem with 60 frames per second is that there are sometimes artifacts and stuff, um, especially if you're using an older drone. And when I say older, I mean like two years old. Sure. Uh, um, and especially in low light situations so and busy situations. So the best time to use that is when there's less like leaves and trees and stuff. Hmm. Um, and... Uh, well lit like there's lots of sunlight mm-hmm. um if you do it in the darkness it it it, it just doesn't do it as well so because uh yeah so anyway there's logan's fun fact um <laughs> and also i mean i believe the xa10 does 60 frames per second so you should give it a try i'd have to i with 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 the the camera i definitely you'd have to lock it into a tripod and an outdoor would get really important there as far as because you can't open the iris as wide, I'd guess. I'm, now I have to play with it, though. This is my takeaway. I'm, gonna, I'm <laughs> now going to play with 60 frames. Um, and I just mean that with the 60 frames with the, uh, with the drone camera, because drone cameras aren't as good. Um, the XA10 is actually much better, or any DSLR usually does a pretty good job. My, um, we shoot all of our stabilized shots with our, 
we have a Zion crane stabilizer um, gimbal kind of deal. Yeah. Um, and we put our GH4 on that and we shoot at 60 frames per second and it does a really awesome job. Um, in fact, you can, we have lots of videos that you can see that are all fun. 60 frame per second shots shot with that. Um, we also use a Sony. What is that thing? Crap. A7S. Um, uh, that's what Ben uses. So we, we, we use a variety of cameras. Yeah, I, I'm imagining your camera bunker looks something like, you know, a Terminator when they opened up the arsenal and it's just wall to wall. You've got a it's red not. on this wall. <laughs> it's not. It's now now our motion pictures program, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, mine they're in a they're in a cabinet um, that latches. And that's, that's it. far less exciting than the image it, in my head. It's mm-hmm. not super exciting. Um it's when are we going to get to the point where all that gets replaced by like the iPhone? Oh, we are in a place. Um, <laughs> the iPhone shoots 4K 60 frames per second um, with the right gimbal, um, which they make. Uh, Osmo makes a mobile gimbal for iPhones um, mm-hmm. and various other things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can you can make cin- uh, you can make some really uh, cinematic stuff with an iPhone. Um, mm-hmm. like really, really cinematic stuff with an iPhone. Yeah. So yeah, there've been and a couple feature actually, films that got yeah wide release that were all done on iPhones. Yeah, yeah, there I there um I think it's called iFilm or something like that. There's uh the the one I use is ProCam, but you can actually manually adjust everything on the iPhone with those apps, including like aperture, ISO, um, just all that fun stuff, um, shutter speed. So, wow, you can get some, you can get some real professional level stuff out of an iPhone if you try really Mm -hmm. hard. I've definitely found myself in a spot trying to get photos of an event and suddenly realizing I didn't have a battery or that I was out of space. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've definitely used my cell phone for some photos that window on the web and, and, uh, there's maybe two people on campus who would be able to tell the difference. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. With a properly stabilized iPhone, you can do a whole lot. Mm-hmm. It's all about how steady your arm hand is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, when I was in high school, I was taking film classes, so I know how to develop film, and now my the whole camera's in my pocket. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Look how far we've come. Mm-hmm. I can remember when the first iPhone came out telling someone, why would you want to use a camera that's not going to be good as your camera? <laughs> you know, I was, I'm, I'm quite the futurist. How I mean, silly you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Back then I, I've gone back and looked at pictures from my original iPhone. Hell, I still have my original iPhone. I should plug it in and take a picture with it. Um, but uh, the iPhone 3GS, like, its photos were horrible, just horrible, just blurry and just bad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I still got it. There, it is. I've got it on my table over here because I <laughs> dug it out of a drawer. I'll have to plug it in and charge it and take a picture with it. <laughs> I'm shocked that you still have it. Oh, do you know how much those are worth? I can't like, imagine that much. Even mine with a crack, even mine with a cracked screen. Um, is worth about six hundred dollars. Really? Yeah, one out like, of the box uh, sold for like fifteen grand or something like that. 
as as an artifact of a yeah of, because a it's a, time it's, long a t- it's ten years old, and it's there weren't that many of them. I mean, um, if you really think about it, a lot of people, um, only a few million of them were ever sold. Um, so yeah. Wow. Um, so the original iPhone is currently worth used off of eBay. I just pulled it up. First generation iPhone 2G, 8 gigabyte, uh, $3,620. Wow. Um, an original out of the box that hasn't been opened and is not used sold for 15000 <laughs> and that was in 2014, so were they're worth more now. That's crazy. Now so I September feel silly. 12th. But here's the thing: like I kept all my Beanie Babies, thinking they were going to be a, worth a ton of money, and they're not. So hey, how that do market I know? Could still come back. There's no uh, telling. Mother, do you hear that? Are you listening? <laughs> Hold on to those. <laughs> I just so, I don't know. So yeah, a working iPhone. And this is this story came out. This was uh, this one came out September twelfth, twenty eighteen. Um, just to they were saying, oh yeah, you think your iPhone XS ten uh, S is expensive? Um, they say that there was uh, a four gigabyte original iPhone sold for one thousand twenty five dollars. That it's a used one, um, and an unopened sold for four thousand six hundred and forty. Um, and some optimistic sellers have buy it now prices listed at ten thousand. Wow! So there you go. You could get at least if it's worth it's more it's worth more than the five hundred ninety nine dollars I paid for it. Just in time for the Christmas holidays. Yeah. Get some <laughs> get some obsolete phone technology. I mean, what more would you want? Well, at technically, Christmas it's not obsolete. <laughs> it should still work. In theory. I mean. I don't know. That's just, what are you going to do with it? Like, you can play I feel music like doesn't, on it? Well, doesn't the operating system, like, not work on it? Like, the newest operating system wouldn't work on it, right? No, but it still can run the original operating system. It can surf okay. the internet. It can, it can play your iPod music. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I may as well just go get a new one of those new iPads that are coming out or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, if you want to. Some might say you would get more use out of that. I don't know. Jackie, I, I don't know. Uh, do you like iPads? No, I do not. They're too big. They don't fit in my small pockets. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. I'm like, I'm not a good millennial because I don't like technology that much, so... Well, I've oh, got my iPhone here, and I, I had to find a 30-pin connector really quick. But luckily, I just have one lying around, you know? Um, of course. So I'm just going to plug it in and see if it still works. <laughs> and it might take a minute. I'm sure it'll take charge. several hours. It'll probably be out of bed. When's the last time you touched that thing? Um, Probably about five years ago. That's insane. Well, the it turned on. Um, and it's wow. showing the battery charging little thing. So, wow. and it's all glass and like a glass battery with like a little red line at the end. Very Scott Forrestal. Uh, he was the guy who originally anyway. Um, yeah, well I'll tell you in a minute if it loads. 
Um, I'm so impressed right now. Yeah. It's so small. It's like tiny. It's like a little bitty phone in my hands. That's really, really thick. That was back when they still had headphone jacks, right? Yeah, it's probably... Oh, the good old days. It's almost twice as thick as my iPhone now. With a case, with a case on it, though, it's not quite as thick, but... Anyway, I don't see how people did stuff on this tiny little screen. And I remember when I got the screen, I was like, damn, this screen is huge. <laughs> and now, like, all it is is a screen. So, there you go. I just don't... What, what I don't, don't know. You... What do I, like, what... Okay. If you want to I... hold on to it, Logan, you hold on to it. <laughs> Well, it's like, it's like, okay, so the reason why I think this thing is worth so much is because it's literally the phone that changed the world. I mean, maybe that's, I don't really actually think it's an over-exaggeration because the iPhone really was the first smartphone that was a touchscreen, and now every phone out there is that. Sure. Um, it was the first computer in your pocket. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And you could surf the internet on it. I mean, imagine now being in a meeting and not being able to Google something to prove someone wrong. Oh, yeah. Before that phone, you could disagree about something and, and potentially never know who was right. That's right. <laughs> I guess can you that's imagine true. My a world life has like changed. That? Can you imagine a world where you can't, can't just imagine say, that hey, world. can you just quickly email that to me? And then people email <laughs> it to you and then you pull it up and then you discuss it in the meeting. Like mm -hmm. before you'd have to go back to your office and then email it and they would have to go to their office and email it and then they would have to print it out and then they would have to bring it to the meeting. That's a huge waste of time. Plus imagine not being able to see like what time it is or what the weather is. I well, mean, we you have to watches. look at a watch. If only, no, if only there was a way that we could access <laughs> the time. <laughs> you are describing the late 90s as if it was Little House in the Prairie. Like, Logan, there was a time where people had calculators on their wrist. <laughs> and now we're that back to that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They, it is more than a calculator. It also you do know that the first, the first Apple Watch, right, had a processor... Nearly as powerful as a Cray supercomputer. Wow. Back in the 80s. So. Yeah. More technology than they had when they went to the moon. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, they were. I think that was less than like a TI-84 or whatever. <laughs> Which, why are they still? Okay, we're sitting here talking about all of this amazing technology. Why do, when I go into the campus bookstore, are there, there are still TI-84 graphing calculators like what do you right mean, there man? why like why why does anyone need those my just... assumption is that people aren't allowed to have their phones out during exams that's a good assumption i mean i, I it, it's true you would think that anything you could do on that calculator you could do with your phone if you were allowed to have your phone you can actually tell siri to graph something for you and she will graph it <laughs> I just remember feeling proud that I, you know, could get a, a play a game on my TI-83. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I remember that. I remember those times where you would yeah. download the games. Oh, man. My kids aren't going to know this cool stuff. I'm really sad. They're not going to be able to play Snake? 
No. Snick. And they're not going to like write hello ups- or four, three, whatever, like to write hello upside down. Like, oh, it's turning on, Jackie. It's turning on. Wow. It's alive. It's alive. James, I'm so glad you were here for this moment, really. <laughs> I, I, it, it feels like we should be playing, you know, some very epic music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Logan, I hope that you're cutting in some epic music during mm-hmm. the editing. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely have that music paid for. <laughs> licensing, you know. Absolutely. Wow, wow, it's taking forever. But it's just got a little Apple symbol, so that means... Oh, there it is. Up, up, up. It restarted. <laughs> what if it bursts into flames right now Logan what would you do like in just a small little fire oh wow the battery had not charged enough and it shut itself down as soon as it showed me the icons and now it's back to yeah, charge probably... screen well leave it overnight see what happens yep well Make with sure that I think that's all the time we have left for the show it probably is it probably is <laughs> thank god um, anyway, it was James, so good welcome to, to the party. James, thank you. <laughs> Is it thank as great so as you much. thought it would be? It was. It was everything I dreamed of and more. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for uh, for for letting me hang out the cool table, the cool kids table for for a little while here. We love you're, having you. You're now you. part of the kid, cool kids table. Are we cool though? We talked about numbers the whole time. I am so sorry. I'm, I'm okay with that. I, could, I got off on yeah. an iPhone. We too, said so. football two or three times. We did. We name checked <laughs> non-number things. Uh, well, we really appreciate appreciate you being on the show and bringing all of your nerdiness, and we are very glad to hear that we're the cool kids on the Absolutely. block. Absolutely. Yeah. If you ever need a pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so so much, and thank you for 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 putting this show on. So. Uh, um, folks like me can can hear what people are doing all around the country and and uh, and very different campuses facing similar challenges and and uh, finding neat ways to overcome them. And I am going to be playing with sixty frames per second in the near future. I can't yes. wait to see it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be looking at Belmont video as soon as I hang up. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see your videos. Yay. Well, James, thank you so much again for um, hanging out with us this week at the Cool Kids Table. Listeners, we're so glad you could sit with us, too. Uh, you could head over to our website, which is highered.social, and you can get links to all the really great stuff that we talked about today and maybe possibly a photo of Logan's working ancient iPhone. And you can also subscribe to our show there and pretty much anywhere else that you listen to your podcasts. If you like our show, please give us a review. We are on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, follow us on Twitter. We are at H-E-S Podcast. And, of course, shoot us a tweet, especially if you want to be on the show. We love meeting new people, and we love talking to you, so let us know. Higher Ed Social is produced by the awesome Emma Hawes and is part of the Connect EDU Network, which is the first podcast network for higher education. You can visit the website connectedu.network and subscribe to some awesome shows no matter where you work on campus. Have a great week. 